Hey friends, Kristen here and it's my birthday. Actually, it's a few days before my birthday because I want to spend my birthday relaxing, but I love to put a bonus episode out on my birthday because it's also the season two finale. I can't believe we're already at the end of season two. It has been such an adventure and an honor being able to connect with so many guests and so many of you through this podcast, sharing my heart and what I've come to know about living a healthy, balanced life, as well as so many incredible guests along the way for 104 glorious episodes. So I wanted to spend a few minutes just reflecting on the last 104 episodes or at least the last, you know, 50 or so episodes of season two and how things have evolved and changed over the last year or so in my life and in my business. And then I opened my Instagram box up to some Q&A, so I'm going to answer some questions as well. Don't forget to stay tuned until the end when I'm sharing my 100th episode giveaway I did a few episodes ago. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Gosh, friends, this podcast has been such a journey. It was something that I wanted to start for years and years and didn't really have a purpose behind or a focus for other than loving podcasts myself. But when it finally came into fruition and I had my message I knew I wanted to share and I hit record on that first episode, which I accidentally recorded on my computer because my mic wasn't attached correctly, it just felt so right. I started the podcast off with a handful of episodes, including the introduction that really outlined my philosophy around food and eating. Here's a snippet of what I said in the first episode. In this podcast, I'm going to share the story of how it took me years to break free from the diet mentality after a decade-long struggle with disordered eating, over-exercising, digestive distress, and hormonal imbalance. I finally made peace with food in my body and found health and happiness, leaving diets behind for good. I'm going to share tips and wisdom on how to ditch the diet dogma, how to learn to finally listen to your body, to heal from the inside out without restriction, and enjoy real freedom with food. I'll share tools for gentle nutrition, self-care, and holistic health, body, mind, and soul. I'll bring on guests to help you in all areas of health and motherhood so we can, as a community, become healthier, happier, and more intentional mamas. I want you to leave this podcast feeling strengthened and inspired to live your healthiest mama life. And in those first 10 episodes or so, I think I really did outline my philosophy around food, which is still so true today. Helping women to ditch the diet dogma, embrace intuitive eating, enjoy real food for real health, and live healthy, happy, and whole. This is also what I shared on season one's finale that I wanted to bring into season two, and I think we've done a lot of that. But if I'm being honest, as I started digging deeper into the world of intuitive eating and received my intuitive eating counselor certification, I started feeling a pull to only put out information that aligned with what I thought I should put out 
what I thought I had to share as being someone who promotes intuitive eating, which I 100% still do and still live intuitive eating. But I also started to become very fearful of judgment. And when I would share opinions on things like eating real food and holistic health, Honestly, I think it began to dilute my message a little bit. My message, my personal message, the one I hold on to so strongly that you can live a healthy, happy whole life without dieting. This includes taking care of your health and well-being, not just ditching diets for the sake of it, but ditching diets for a better life, for more presence with your family, more intention in your passions, more energy, and being able to look at food as a source of fuel, nourishment, and pleasure to become a balanced eater so you can have a balanced life. Something that I think I've seen come up a ton in the last few months, especially on social media, is judgment of women for doing intuitive eating wrong. Catherine and I talked about this a little on episode 103 when we talked about digestive health. And friends, I just want to encourage you here and now, there is no wrong way to do intuitive eating, to tune into your body and to find what's right for you. There is no wrong way to eat intuitively either. Intuitive eating is about tuning into your body's innate wisdom, making peace with food, eating for physical instead of emotional reasons most of the time, and embracing wellness without restriction. Nothing in the book says if you don't eat gluten or you drink green smoothies, you're not an intuitive eater. It's all about the mindset behind it. Embracing intuitive eating is a vehicle for living our healthiest life. It was never meant to be a religion. So I think I got caught in this a little bit, not judging others because ain't nobody got time for that, but honestly, judging myself, judging the way that I was sharing, if it was the right way to share food freedom. And it took some serious working through over the last few months to get to the place where I am today, where I embrace freedom and food and life on my own terms. And I encourage other women to do the same. Which is why I think going into this new season of the podcast and everything I do, I'm going to be really intentional not to dilute my message of living healthy, happy, and whole beyond dieting, but to be bold and confident in it and also bring on even more guests outside of intuitive eating because I believe balance is so much more than just the food we eat and the way we move. And I want the podcast to reflect that as well. So moving into the next season, there will still be tons of embracing your food freedom and becoming a balanced eater. This is what I love to teach and coach on. And there will also be tangible tips and tools for me and guests to make healthy living happen in your life practically. This is where I think a lot of the intuitive eating work leaves off. You have freedom. Now what? And this is something that I'm also going to be incorporating more into the work that I do in my own business as well. I'm also going to focus on the whole woman in every season of our lives. I've had lots of requests for more on fertility, prenatal health, postpartum, marriage, and more. And I want to bring you all of that along with a solid dose of food freedom. I'm so excited for what's to come and I hope you're here for it too. If you ever have any suggestions for guests or episodes or questions for me that you want to be included on the podcast, go ahead and send me an email. I include my email in the show notes of every episode. It's just Chris, K-R-I-S, at HealthyMama, M-A-M-A, Chris.com. Please reach out. Send me an email. I love to hear your suggestions. This podcast is for you. So all that being said... Mama needs a break, so I'm going to go on a little podcast break in between season two and three, but don't fear, there will still be episodes. 
I'll be sharing the top four best of episodes over the first four weeks of August so I can spend some time relaxing with my hubby. We were supposed to go to Italy for our 10 year anniversary slash honeymoon trip and well, the world is what it is, so we're going camping instead. It's gonna be great anyway and we're gonna spend a few days off the grid in nature with books, canoeing, hiking, s'mores, and wine. Then we'll come back and get ready to hit the ground running with our school year and I'll be back at the end of August with a week of back to school posts for all of you mamas out there. So all that being said, that is where I've been and where we're going with season three of the podcast. And now I want to dig into some listener Q&As. There were some really good ones, so I'm really excited to dig in. The first question I got was, how do you decide what to make? I'm a mom of three and I sometimes lack motivation, especially for lunch and dinner. Okay, so this is sort of a two-part question, so I'm going to answer it kind of in the same way how I decide what to make. And I clarified with this listener to make sure she was asking what I thought she was asking. um, And she was talking about meals. So how I decide what to make for dinner. So there's a few different ways I do this. The first thing is I plan. So I meal plan and I plan for just five days a week. This is really important because I want the flexibility of having a couple days where I either do leftovers. We usually have a family pizza night. Typically, my husband and I go on a date once a week or have an at-home date night. So we want some flexibility in there. But the first thing we do is look at our calendar and see what's going on that week. See if I have any clients at night. Twice a week, I take clients from 5 p.m. through 8 p.m. Um, and then once a week, I also have, or once a month, I also have the Super Mama Society Masterclass in the evening. So those are evenings where I want dinner to be much quicker and easier. And when we go into the school year, we obviously have things like activities, though they'll be less this year than they have in the past. Some nights we need dinners that are easier, um, kind of turnkey dinners or things that are prepped ahead. So we look at our calendar and we make sure to mark those days that we need a little bit of extra support there. That is where I typically start when it comes with my meal planning or when it comes to my meal planning and my meal prep. I'm like, okay, these nights I need to have a little bit of something done so dinner gets on the table that much easier. And then the second thing I do is look at what we already have on hand. So what do we have in the fridge and freezer that needs to be used? We get meat from ButcherBox, and we also are a part of a CSA during the growing season, which for us is June through November. So if we have things left over, I'm going to start with those ingredients first. And then I decide on a couple family favorites and then refer to my meals to try list if I'm not doing any recipe testing that week. So I use my 4321 meal planning method, which I'll talk a little bit more about soon. But the way I do it is basically I choose one or two recipes and then I choose other recipes with similar ingredients to simplify planning, shopping, and prep. I do not think that planning needs to be complicated. I think it can be very easy. And the same thing goes with our family meals. So I choose four produce items, typically vegetables. That doesn't include lunches and a breakfast um, or staple items like carrot, celery, onion, but four main produce items, three proteins, two grains or starches, and one kind of fun either a dip or a spread or a sauce, something to go on top to just mix things up. So you can utilize this method if you want to just mix and match meals, but I use it doing kind of recipes for most of the meals and then we'll fill in with, okay, so we've got some extra of this, we got some extra of that and I'll pull things together. But it took me a long time to get there where I was comfortable just throwing things together. And yes, I have a culinary degree and it took me a while to be comfortable just throwing things together in a way that would work for my family. But my family actually really loves meals that are a little bit more mix and match. So we do kind of a combination of choosing one or two recipes and then um, one or two meals that week are a little bit more 
mix and match. So I hope that makes sense. So that is how I decide what to make to eat that week. So based on our calendar, what we have on hand, our family favorites list, or our two-try list, and I use my 4-3-2-1 method to simplify things. So in terms of motivation, mama, I am just like you. I am also not super motivated by lunch or dinner many days. But here's how I actually make it work practically in my life. First and foremost, I have a plan like I just mentioned. It is a very flexible plan. I plan out the days that I know we need a little bit more support, So those days I have an actual meal planned and hopefully a little bit of prep done, but those are the only days I have specifics for. The rest of the days I have a few other meal ideas on my list and we mix and match those based on how we are feeling. That's how I bring intuition into it. It's kind of what I'm feeling that week, what my family's been asking for, and then I bring in a little bit more flexibility that way. If we don't feel like having spaghetti and meatballs that night, then we'll do Tex-Mex turkey taco pie. Just using that as an example. So as long as I have the ingredients on hand, I can mix and match. So I have a plan, but it is flexible. Number two, I do some food prep every single week. In the spring and summer, it has been a lot more casual and I haven't done as much prep because I haven't needed to because we were in the whole quarantine situation. So we were at home a lot. So doing prep ahead wasn't as necessary. But a couple things I do every single week are get smoothie ingredients ready for myself because I drink a smoothie pretty much every morning because it's simple and because it's delicious. I make homemade almond milk. And then typically I try and do something for either a snack or a breakfast item. And during the school year, I like to do something that is more of a lunch item as well. And then during the school year, not so much during the summer, but during the school year, when we have a busier schedule, I prep ingredients as well. Those ingredients I talked about when in my 4-3-2-1 method to make those meals come together that much easier. And I talk all about this in my Healthy Mama Meal Prep course, which is being re-released in the fall, which I'm so excited about. And I will put the link in the show notes to get on the wait list for that. And if you are already a member of Healthy Mama Meal Prep, you get the redone course 100% free, just sent to your email. So get excited if that's you. So didn't even plan on plugging that, but it is something I'm very passionate about. As a former personal chef, I love talking about doing some light food prep just to make things that much simpler. Number three, I think I kind of already mentioned this, but I keep it really simple, you guys. We do not eat overcomplicated meals. We do a couple recipes every week and the rest of them are mix and match because I don't think that we need to reinvent the wheel every week. I don't think we need an elaborate meal plan to eat healthy, to eat in a way that feels good for us. And my family enjoys it that way as well. That's why I always bring in some sort of a dip or a sauce or something different to mix things up because I don't want the meals to get boring, but I also don't want to overcomplicate them. So that's where that comes in. And the last thing, number four, is I give myself a lot of grace. If I need a break, we do takeout. We grab tacos. We order a pizza. Okay, we keep it simple in that way as well. If I need a break and I have no motivation, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing takeout. It gets to become an issue when we're doing takeout more than once or so a week, and that's not including date night, because then it's like, okay, something's got to change. My routine is clearly not working for me. So for me, it's not so much motivation as planning and prepping ahead so that the motivation part isn't even really necessary. But again, I do this in a flexible way. I'm still tuning into my intuition when it comes to meals. And, you know, I 
I have an idea now after being on my intuitive eating journey for so many years of the things that I like and the things that I don't, the things my family likes and the things they don't. So you might not want this much structure if you are early on in your intuitive eating journey and you need a little less structure to be able to find out what you like and what you don't like and experiment a little bit more. So I totally encourage you to do that if that is your situation. But if you're in the place where you're like, I know what we like, I'm just not motivated or I just can't make it work, I think those tips will help you a lot. The second question I got is, how do I increase energy throughout the day? I always feel energized when I'm dieting, but I know that's not sustainable. Okay, yes, I love that you understand that dieting isn't sustainable long term. We know this. The research shows this. I don't think I need to tell you if you're listening to this podcast that dieting, it it doesn't work long term, okay? But if dieting is what makes you feel energized, I would ask you, what is it about dieting, so to speak, whatever you are doing, that is different than what you're doing now? Often just switching your routine will increase energy throughout the day because it's something new, but there's a few specific reasons that this might be happening. Many diets do end in low energy later on because of the lack of energy, especially the more restrictive diets or lack of nutrient density. So I do want to point that out. If you stay on it long enough, typically you're not going to feel that energy boost that you got in the beginning. But there are a few things that might be contributing to your increased energy that you can carry into your life in a non-restrictive way, in a way that's going to last. So the first one is eating regularly and not skipping meals or relying on caffeine to get through the day. So many plans will have you eating at a set schedule. Now, I don't believe in eating according to a set schedule. It is important to make sure we are eating consistently throughout the day. So if you are someone who regularly skips meals, you might want to set some timers every three to five hours to make sure that you are actually having a meal throughout the or meals throughout the day. Um, but if that's not a problem for you and you just kind of tend to go longer than five hours without eating, that's typically too long for our bodies to go without some energy. Eating more regularly is probably going to give you some more energy because your body is having fuel on a regular basis. Relying on caffeine throughout the day or tiny little nibbles, not actual meals or snacks throughout the day will also give you like little boosts of energy, but then you will have that crash. So this is something that when you're on a plan that's forcing you to eat every few hours or, you know, you're trying to stick to something. So you're eating regularly throughout the day. This can definitely increase your energy. So that is a that's a huge thing. Also, eating enough throughout the day is very important. So not just eating tiny amounts all day long, which a lot of plans will have you do, but actually eating enough to feel full and satisfied. This might mean you need less snacks throughout the day. Um, Obviously, if you're not that hungry, you don't need to shove food down your throat. This is about tuning into your body and listening to how much your body needs, Um, but definitely making sure you're eating consistently and eating enough food throughout the day so that you're eating when you're hungry and you're stopping when you are full and satisfied. That is definitely going to help boost your energy if that's not the case right now. So the second thing that I see a lot is just keeping your blood sugar balanced. So blood sugar balance is so, so important for our overall health, our energy, our mood, our focus. So many things are contributed um, to from simply balancing our blood sugar. But I think a big misconception in the world of health and nutrition is that keeping your blood sugar balanced means eating zero sugar at all or zero carbs. And that's not true. Our body needs carbohydrates as one of our main sources of fuel. So actually our body's main source of fuel for the body and the brain. So you need sugar. You just want to balance whatever carbohydrates you're eating. This does not mean measuring or tracking. It just means knowing that, you know, just eating carbs on their own, like a bowl of rice or an 
apple or a banana, it's probably going to cause your blood sugar to spike and then drop. So adding something to that, so having some protein or veg- and vegetables along with your rice for some fiber and some protein will help to create a more balanced meal instead of just having rice. Add some peanut butter to the apple or the banana. This will balance things out a little bit. So a lot of plans will encourage that blood sugar balance to prevent that hunger throughout the day. Um, So that is something that is also going to help with your energy levels throughout the day, with your hunger levels throughout the day. Just making sure that your meals and your snacks are substantial enough that they have more than one food group and your blood sugar is balanced. So The main things that balance your blood sugar are going to be protein. Protein is the most satiating nutrient and helps to balance your blood sugar. Making sure you have fiber in your meal is also going to help to balance your blood sugar. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to eat brown rice because brown rice is higher in fiber. If you're eating white rice, well, maybe you have some vegetables with that and then you're increasing the fiber that way. So it's all about what you prefer, what you enjoy, but creating some balance from there. Adding some healthy fats will also help with your hunger levels and your blood sugar balance as well. So those are a few things there. Um, Reducing the amount of processed foods you eat. This is something else that if you're on a plan that promotes eating more real foods, which I am all for. I'm just all about real food without restriction. So reducing the amount of processed foods you eat. Oftentimes processed foods are processed in our body very fast, very quickly. They're not high in nutrient density, so our bodies process it very quickly. And we have a lot of, you know, blood sugar spikes and drops And our body just, it doesn't thrive on them as it does real whole foods. So when you reduce the amount of processed foods you eat, it takes your body a little bit more time to process those foods. So your blood sugar is a little bit more balanced and you're getting a higher nutrient density. If you are naturally eating more energizing B vitamins and getting enough food throughout the day and your energy, your blood sugar, I mean, is balanced and you're eating regularly. All of these things are going to contribute to increased energy if these things aren't true for you before. So that might be another thing that is, you know, why that diet is helping you to, it's helping to increase your energy, but you don't need to be on a restrictive plan in order to bring more real food into your meals. And so I recommend if real foods are new to you, if you are very, you know, if you are somebody who is very used to eating lots of processed foods, so lots of packaged meals, lots of frozen dinners, things like that for convenience, that would be, you know, where I would suggest how can you bring in just one real food meal next week? Find something on Pinterest that sounds really good. Try it. Make sure the timing fits into your schedule, your life. There's no reason to spend an hour on a meal if you don't have an hour to spend on a meal or you don't want to. But how can you bring in one meal and start creating a new family favorites list and adding on to your or adding on to your current list with some of those meals that you actually enjoy that are made of more real whole foods? And then you can start to crowd out the meals that might not feel as good in your body. So that's just one other thing. And the last thing I would suggest is drinking lots of water. Drinking lots of water and being hydrated is absolutely going to help with your energy levels throughout the day if you're not currently drinking enough water. And preaching to the choir over here because this is definitely something that I struggle with at various times during the year. It's less hard. <laughs> it's less difficult in the summertime when it's hot, when I'm more active than it is in the wintertime. But making sure that you are drinking water throughout the day, drinking to thirst, and extra if you're drinking caffeine or alcohol as well. Typically, I drink, my recommendation is usually like two glasses of water to one cup of coffee or black tea or glass of wine that you're drinking to make sure you're staying hydrated. 
because your body is 60 plus percent water and so you absolutely need to be hydrated to stay energized throughout the day. Your body will just be sluggish if you are not drinking enough water. So those are a few things there that might be helpful for you to increase your energy throughout the day without just relying on a whole bunch of caffeine or having to go on diet. So the next question I got was favorite easy snacks for you and the kids. Oh my gosh, so many. So I'll share my like go-to snacks and then I'll share some of what my kids like. I do have articles on kids snacks on my blog, so I will link to those in the show notes. But a few of my own personal favorites include crackers. I love crackers, you guys. Usually Simple Mills or Hugh Kitchen are my favorite crackers. And Kite Hill Cream Cheese is my favorite dipper. I love Kite Hill Cream Cheese, but it is a little expensive, so I do often make a homemade dip as well. This is kind of my go-to afternoon snack. Usually I have some sort of crackers and a homemade dip. So my favorites are my green goddess dip and my roasted red pepper walnut dip, which is in some of my eBooks, but it's not actually on the blog yet. So that's going to be, I'm going to post that up to the blog in the next few weeks. So I'll link the green goddess dip, um, but the red roasted red pepper walnut dip, that will come up in the blog soon as well. I also love hummus. I also love pesto, kind of whatever we have, some sort of a dip. So crackers and dip, that is one of my favorite snacks. Um, Energy balls, we have these around a lot as well, or power balls. I kind of interchange the name, Um, but I love having these on hand either in the fridge or the freezer, and I'll have a couple of those for a snack. Those are great on the go. Um, I love a good handful of nuts, especially salted nuts and chocolate chips. That is like my favorite combination, macadamia nuts, salted cashews, or salted almonds with some chocolate chips. That is one of my favorite snacks. If I want something sweet and salty, super good. Uh, I also love Perfect Bars or RX Bars if I need something a little bit more substantial. If I know it's going to be a while in between when I have a snack and when I have a meal, I'll go for a bar and that will help to keep me full. And cheese. I love me some cheese. My digestion doesn't always love cheese. So I typically go with like a sheep's milk cheese. Manchego is my all-time favorite or a raw cheddar. And those typically feel pretty good in my body. Sometimes I'll have them with crackers. Sometimes I'll just grab a hunk of cheese because girls got to eat and cheese is delicious. <laughs> so those are those are my go-to snacks. So the kids do love fruit. So fruit is their kind of number one snack. Try to give it to them with some nut butter. Sometimes they have it with, sometimes without. They also love crackers. They also love Simple Mills crackers. They will eat things like Annie's Cheddar Bunnies. They love meat sticks. So we love the new primal chicken maple and turkey meat sticks. So those are great protein-rich snacks. Um, snack, my youngest really loves dried fruit. So she loves raisins and uh, dried cranberries. And we get those from Thrive Market. What else? Applesauce. They love applesauce. I'm telling you, they love fruit. Um I try to do some sort of a protein with their snacks if I can, and that's why we tend to choose crackers like Simple Mills crackers, which are made from nuts and seeds, and thankfully my kids don't have any nut allergies, so they're at least getting something that's going to hold them to the next meal. Um, They also love energy balls. We'll make homemade muffins. We'll make banana bread, so we have a lot of homemade snacks on hand too, so typically they have a variety of kind of packaged snacks and homemade snacks throughout the day. Oh, seaweed snacks. They're not super filling, but they're really mineral dense. And so they will eat those all day long. They love them. So that's something we have on hand often as well. 
and um and they like bars too so my kids favorites they like the rx kids bars they like lara bars they really enjoy the cliff z bars though those are like almost a chocolate bar (laughs) but the kids really like them um i think those are the main ones that the kids typically like so those are their go-to snacks i will link the snack articles I have on the blog in the show notes. Hopefully that gives you some ideas for your kids. And the last question I got, this is a good one. um, And I'm going to try and keep it short because there's a lot I could talk about this subject. But it is, what are your plans for the fall? I heard you're going to homeschool and we are still debating. Okay, so yes, we are going to homeschool. So for those of you who don't know our story. So I mean, it's not really our story, but don't know kind of our background or what we're up to now. Uh, We homeschooled our kiddo during pre-K. So here where we are in our state in New England, we aren't required to submit notification that we were homeschooling until the child is six. So my daughter's six and a half. So she was in, she did kindergarten last year in public school had a great experience other than, you know, everyone was pulled out partway through the year. But she had a great experience in public school and that was good and awesome. But she had a great experience in preschool and then she wasn't really thriving at the preschool she was at. So we pulled her out for pre-K and we homeschooled. But it wasn't technical homeschool, right? It wasn't real homeschooling. We definitely did a lot of things together. She learned her ABCs and her one, two, threes and addition and things like that um, kind of during that year. So I consider it homeschool, but it wasn't legally homeschooling at that point. So she wanted to go to kindergarten last year. And our plan as a family is to travel at some point in the near future, or it was to travel at some point in the near future. So we figured maybe around third or fourth grade, we would start homeschooling again because she wanted to go to public school. She wanted to try it out. And we're like, sure. I mean, we're here. We know we're here for a while. And so we're going to go ahead and we'll let you go to public school. And we told her that she could decide if she wanted to come home and homeschool again because I'm happy to homeschool her. I love to teach and I love having my kids at home. It is a juggling act with work and our youngest is in preschool twice a week. So you know that. So I am no magician. (laughs) We homeschool when mostly when my daughter is my youngest daughter is in preschool. So we gave her that option and she wanted to go to school and we had planned on it. And this past January we kind of were thrown for a loop when we made some really big decisions as a family that were, I mean, I don't want to say they were unexpected. They were something we had planned, but it all kind of happened faster than we had really planned. And, you know, then with 2020 and everything else that's happened since then, it's just been a wild ride. But basically, I know we I've mentioned before on the podcast that my husband started working for himself in January. Um, He's still associated with a company that he used to work with, but he branched off with a business partner and decided to work a little bit more on the management side of things from where and kind of, I don't even know how to explain it, sort of personalized management versus what he was doing in a corporation. Um, so that has been a big change. And at some point in the near future, we will be traveling with him to the different locations that he needs to go for work. 
So with everything that has happened with the whole quarantine situation and everything new that is happening with the school system and we have still not received news as to what is going on with our school this year, what it's going to look like. Our governor so far has said that the kids don't have to wear masks to school, which I mean, I think it's I mean, my opinion is masks serve their purpose, but I think for school, I think that would provide an extra difficulty. So and we're kind of with, you know, whatever they whatever they recommend is what we're going to do, right? But, you know, they were also talking about like A and B days in school or half homeschool or distance learning, half in school. And the uncertainty, both of us working for ourselves, was really overwhelming and really anxiety provoking for both of us because we need a little bit of consistency to be able to serve our clients the best way we can. And so we made the decision as a family to keep her home from distance learning um, to keep her home and to start homeschooling a couple years. She'll be going into first grade earlier than we had planned. So it was something that was in our family's plans. We had planned to travel with my husband. It just kind of happened earlier than we had planned. So I am super excited to dive into homeschooling. It's definitely going to pose um, an interesting balance that we're going to need to come to when it comes to our businesses and getting things done. But I'm excited and my kiddo's excited and she loves learning and we're going to learn in a way that works well for her, at least try. I'm sure we'll make a ton of changes along the way. I actually have an episode coming up early on in season three with an expert on homeschooling and she is amazing and I'm so excited for you to hear for any of you who are planning on homeschooling in the fall or are perhaps doing more distance learning than you had ever planned. I think she's going to be a huge help when it comes to that. And that's kind of where we're at. So we will be traveling sometime in the near future. I can't give you any more uh, specifics on that because we are still working all of those things out. But that's that's why we're homeschooling. Some of it has to do with the uncertainty of the situation that's happening. Um, But I think that was more just an impetus for us to dive into this a little bit earlier. It wasn't like we were reacting to the situation. It was more like, okay, the uncertainty makes it hard for us to do our job. And it's going to add extra stress to our family. What would be less stressful? Having the kids at home and working together as a family to get schooling done, to work on both of our businesses. We're both super passionate about what we do and we try our best to support each other and to make it kind of a family thing. So us traveling with my husband is a family thing. Us, you know, each having our own businesses but supporting each other, that's a family thing. And homeschooling is also a family thing. So those are our plans for the fall. That is what we're going to be doing. And I think it's... 100% up to every individual person and individual family what works best for them. If you want to reach out and chat homeschooling and what I've learned, I mean, we only preschool, we only homeschooled for pre-K, but we've learned a few things along the way and I've got a few awesome homeschooling experts I can connect you with. So you can always shoot me an email if you have any questions about that. I'm happy to chat with you about that. So that's the end of my questions today. That brings us to the end of season two. But before I go, I need to do a little giveaway to three lucky podcast listeners. So I'm going to be giving away a copy of my Healthy Mama Meal Planner, one of my favorite cookbooks, and a whole bunch of goodies that I'm going to send out to you. So if you hear your name from one of these reviews, please go ahead and send me an email. Chris, that is K-R-I-S 
at healthymama, that's M-A-M-A, chris.com. I will put that link in the show notes as well and I will put who, like which reviews won. And you can go ahead and send me an email with your address and I will get that out to you within the next week. I'm so excited that we are well past 100 episodes and here is to hundreds more. Happy finale of season two. I can't wait to dive into season three in just a few weeks. And the winners of my 100th episode giveaway, I chose these winners at random just by writing down all of the reviews from the first one to the last one, putting those numbers into a random number generator just for full transparency how I chose these winners. Winner number one is May Lee and Oscar, that's the and sign in between. Ekta A. Jane and Lena Lou 24. So if you are a winner, please shoot me an email, chris at healthymamachris.com, and I'll get you your prize. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.